Welcome back to Rip. I Am The Fire podcast. This is episode four and we are very lucky to have a special guest, Jackson Aces. The man is in quarantine at the moment. He's got the Mickey Mouse set up actually. But uh, mate, very honoured to have you on the podcast. It's very cool. I think I'm a bit opportunistic with you uh, being stuck in a hotel room. But uh, mate, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. It's uh, it's a real pleasure. You know, um, it's actually, this is the first time that we've spoken. And um, yeah, I'm really happy to be on here, especially gave me a gave me a reason to clean up the place. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you look like you've got a pretty good setup there. Oh, thanks. What, uh, what t- talk to us, why are you in quarantine? Did you, did you just go to the States? Yeah, so I went over to the States. And in order to go to the States, we had to, um, I went over with my sister and her husband. And we had to commit to leaving the country for three months in order to get an exemption. So we went to Florida for a bit of a holiday, you know, just to kind of unwind. And um, then I spent the last five weeks uh, in LA. And now this is um, day eight in quarantine since I've come back. So yeah. Mate, I've been logging your uh, Instagram. I've seen all the <laughs> how's about the food. Like, oh, that is that would get that would get me actually. It's outrageous. Yeah, well, I was going a bit crazy the first couple of days, but luckily my mum brought in some home cooked meals, which really because you know I've I'd been over in America for three months <laughs> eating take on stop, and then I come here, I was spending like nearly a hundred bucks a day on Uber Eats, you know. <laughs> Hundred percent. Some of the food was dodgy as, mate. To give them a yeah. bit of context, it's pretty funny actually because your brother Daniel Patrick, who's um, fashion designer over in LA, um, I actually touched base with him probably two years ago now, and I was talking to him, and I hadn't realised that I knew him from when I was younger. From like a, who your dad is, and b, that we had cross paths in the eastern suburbs, and then he showed me this photo of when I was like. I think about 11 years old and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that's him. And then obviously seeing what you guys were doing. So it's pretty, it's pretty like cool. Your family. I mean, your dad was a ex football player, a superstar in his own right. And then now to see you and your brother quite successful in your own different paths, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Look, I've definitely been really lucky in, um, you know, being surrounded by people who are really successful and, but not just successful, but kind of like successful in areas where people would kind of like not expect a guarantee of the success. You know what I mean? Like I've got my dad, like you said, played football for Australia. And uh, this was back, back in the day when, you know, they had to have a day job because they weren't making that much money at the same time. It's crazy. It was a cop in Newtown (laughs) and um, also another, another story there. That's how he discovered Jeff Fennick and Jeff Fennick became a boxer. And then fast forward now, Jeff Fennick is training my cousin to be a world champion boxer. And he's, he's got this undefeated fight record. He's absolutely. Oh, bro, what's his name? Brock Jarvis. Holy shit. Your family's off its head. Is he, is he your cousin? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, that's right. Yeah. Oh my it's, God. It's really funny because a lot of people assume because of the name that, that's the Brock is dad's son as well. And we're brothers. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Cause what's your dad's um, original name? What's your dad's, dad's name? Pat, Pat Jarvis. Pat Jarvis. That's right. And then, Oh, that's crazy. Mate, your family's out. The, the genetics is unreal. <laughs> yeah, we do have some pretty good <laughs> genetics. I won't lie. So mate, uh, talk to me about your own journey. Now you've taken, we spoke about the different paths. You got, you got the cousin that's a boxer, the dad, a uh, professional rugby league player, your brother, obviously a great creative, um, doing his thing with fashion, and you became a magician. 
I'd love to know how this all started. Right. So, well, first of all, I've I've always loved like cards. I've always loved um, even back when I was like a young young kid. I always loved the idea of not not so much gambling, but you know, like playing cards. My mom used to my mom used to go to the casino and she used to count cards. Swear. And, yeah, so some nights, but she would go and she'd say, "Look, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks. If I lose it, I lose it. But if I win, awesome." You know, she, you know, she wasn't going to gamble more than she was prepared to lose. And some nights she'd come home with like a few thousand dollars. So I'm so she could this, legit count cards. Yeah, yeah, she she could count cards because back in the day, now they shuffle the cards too regularly, and you can't really count cards because the way counting works is it's a based on okay, how many high cards have come out of the deck compared to how many low cards have come out of the deck? Okay. So the more high cards that are left in the deck, if it happens to be that a lot of low cards have come out in the beginning, the more likely the dealer is to bust and you are to win based on how the, the game works. Yeah, right. So, you know, she wasn't doing any crazy Rain Man stuff, but <laughs> she knew how to play. And, um, you know, some, some nights she'd come home with thousands of dollars. And we didn't, like, people might look at, my dad being a super success and everything. But as I said, this was back in the eighties when, when, you know, footballers didn't really make that much. So mm. we didn't necessarily grow up rich or anything. I mean, we weren't broke, but to, to see my mom come home having won hundreds or thousands of dollars just by playing cards, there was always kind of this real like allure to the whole thing. And, um, and then when I was eight, my mom got really sick and she got cancer and uh, she she got an autoimmune disease and uh, she was in hospital for, for you know, be the better part of a year or two. And we used to just, on my weekends, I would spend all day with her. Some days I'd take the, take the school day off to spend with her all day by her bedside and we'd just play cards all wow. day. We'd watch movies and play cards. So having cards in my hand and shuffling cards just became like, part of the whole escape from when we were going through that that really really tough and kind of uncertain period of like you know is is mom gonna make it or not mm. and uh years later i was in high school and a guy at school showed me a card trick and you know growing up around people who are so successful and so competitive you know like my dad my brother i became really competitive myself and i said to myself I'm going to go home. I'm going to go on the internet, find a better card trick than that. And I'll show him up the next day. And everyone's going to think I'm the shit. <laughs> and that, I didn't know what he was doing. So I go home and this is back when there was dial up internet. There was oh. no, I didn't know what YouTube was. It was, uh, this was early 2005 and I'm looking up all over Google, how to do card tricks and with very, very little success because you know, as I said, there's no YouTube. There's no, the best way for me to learn a magic trick is absolutely to see it done. Right. These past magicians who've learned from books, I absolutely tip my hat to them because it's, it's just like, I, I can't do it. Mm. <laughs> I like, I like to read, but reading, like you put the finger here and then you got to like turn the page when you're halfway through doing this. I, I just do not have that much patience. And um, anyway, I was on, it was like real serendipity, real like fate, if you will, because I was on the internet for so long that night and I stayed up so late that a commercial came on TV for David Blaine, Street Magic. True. And I'd seen David Blaine, I'd, I'd, I hadn't seen him before, but I'd seen the ads on TV and 
And if you haven't looked up David Blaine, you got to do yourself a favor. Just go crazy. straight over to YouTube and look him up because he's incredible. The closest thing to a real magician ever, in my opinion. But he was always like the ads looked really mysterious, and and he would do these like endurance stunts where he he'd like freeze himself in a block of ice for three That's days. Right. And I'm kind of like, is he? I don't, I don't really get what that show is all about. I don't really know. But then that night, I'm like, shit, I'll watch it. And I'm like, I'll, I'll bet I'll figure this guy out. I'm, I'm going to work this guy out for sure. I'm really smart. I got this. Well, from the very first trick, uh, do you want to see the, the trick? That you I, that's right, exactly what I want to see. Okay. All right. I'll show you the trick. So it goes, I got a deck of cards right here. I'll make yep. sure you can see it. Yep. I'm going to go along the deck and I just want you to look at a card and remember it. Okay. Okay. Did you get one? Yes. Okay, good. So look, I'm going to try to give these a little shuffle. And now this one right here, this is not your card. It's a joker. It's a wild card. Try to imagine your card here. Ready? Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. That was the one you thought of? Yes. <laughs> right. So he does that and I'm watching TV. He does that and the trick works and I'm like floored. Yeah. Like. How old are you? It was really humbling. Because, you know, I, again, I went to a selective school. I thought I was really smart and I really liked to think that I could figure anything out. And the very first thing he did just totally blew me away. And then at the very end of the, of the thing, he, uh, he levitates on the street in front of these girls. And I'm like, I have to be able to do that. I have to learn that. I've got to figure this out. <laughs> How old so are you here, Jackson? Pardon? How old at this point are you? Uh, I was in year seven. So I, I was right. 12 year of high school um 28 now so it's um yeah it's coming up to my 16th year in magic which is is pretty crazy to think about so that first card trick at the time you couldn't figure out what it was did you figure it out is that some a skill that you picked up how does that work yeah well you know there, there are ways the thing is like if, if magicians never revealed their secrets there'd be no other magicians. Mm. So there are ways to learn how to be a magician. And honestly, it's a lot easier nowadays because we have the internet. And I always say that if someone wants to really wants to learn magic, they'll figure out a way. Um, but you know, like people can, there's so much, even on YouTube now, there's so many awesome tutorials for magic. Yeah. And uh, like you, you've got to do a lot of digging to, to find the good stuff, but someone could become a pretty good magician in, in maybe a year or two just by practicing really hard from, from watching YouTube. Yeah. Cause there was that, what was it? There was that show that used to be on TV, the two um, older magicians and basically people used to come on, do a trick and their job was to be able to say how they did it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um, that, that show and look, a lot of the shows and a lot of the movies that have come out recently have been really good for magic. Mm. Um, you know, Now You See Me, The Prestige, all of these things. And um, like some, some of these shows, they get a bit of, they get a bit of slack or they get a bit of, um, bit of hate because they might reveal like one little trick here or there. Like, for example, I had a video that went viral um, when I was in the U.S., and I was literally recreating uh, that scene from Now You See Me where he's trying to hide the card from the from the like police officer. Yes. So I showed that to another magician and he's like, how could you do that? You're uh, you're revealing, you're you're exposing magic. I'm like, well, man, I, like I literally just was doing a remake of the Hollywood movie. If you've got a problem with it, 
take it up with David Copperfield because he worked on that and he's like the most famous magician in the world. He's a goat, yeah. But overall, I think those shows are, are awesome for magic. And um, the good thing when Penn and Teller do it is they don't actually yeah, say, they don't it, say it. Mm. Yeah, like it, I can listen to what they say and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's what that's what they're saying. They're really clever with using codes of saying how they know this how this trick is done. Um, but like a muggle like you <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> no wouldn't way. be able to decipher what they're talking about. No way, no way. So, bro, how did you go from your first card trick, your inspiration from um, the television to making this a career? Like, I imagine it's a bit of a grind, uh, you know, going through the circuit. And how did you sort of transition that into knowing that you wanted to do something whilst learning, I guess? Yeah, well, you know, like, basically through high school, I was just completely obsessed with magic. And mm. uh, particularly, excuse me, particularly when I was like, 15 16 17 I, I would spend all day with a deck of cards in my hand on the weekend wow. literally all day and and uh I, I would read about these guys like uh like darwin ortiz or um all these guys who are really incredible with cards and and they they were like legendary because they practice for like 14 hours a day and they go through like three or four decks of cards in a day so i'm like aspiring to be like this guy these guys and um you know, like my very first gig was when I was 15. My mom got me to do a, a birthday party for one of her so friends, who was 50. And I was just happy to be able to like go and perform for people. And then at the end of a couple, couple hours doing magic, at the end of the night, she gives me an envelope with $50 in it. And <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my God, this is too much. No, 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 no. She's like, no, you, you deserve more, please. Just, just take it. And, um, yeah, honestly, my, my mom really kind of did a lot of the hand-holding and, and getting my foot in the door in the early days because to become a good magician, you have to get a lot of experience like that. I can, I can like, it, it's like you, like, you know, you could, you could train and work on your, your passing and your kicking and your tackling and your fitness all day long. But if you don't go out there and put those skills into actual practical application on the footy field in a real game with all these other random factors, mm. you know, you, you, you'll get nowhere if you don't actually play the game. 100%. So it's the same thing with magic. And my mom got me my first gig. And uh, also she got me uh, what we call a residency at a restaurant. Um, oh, her yeah? friend owned uh, two restaurants down down the road from us they were one was a seafood restaurant one was like a bar and grill and they were across the road from each other uh shout out to mike mike's bar and grill uh, <laughs> i was down there, down there in sylvania in the shire and um he said yeah look absolutely come down any night of the week you want i'll have a meal there for you and you can perform um for, for everyone and practice your magic and that right there was like the golden opportunity mm. for me because I learned so, so much on how to, how do you walk up to a table and even get them to want to see a magic trick to begin with. These people might not be there to be entertained. They might be hungry and yeah. not feeling good, you know, and, and I, there's, there's a, it's a real art to be like particularly a restaurant magician. Uh, it's, it's actually probably one of the hardest environments to try to be an entertainer because for example, I usually don't even go up to the couple's tables. Yeah. You know? okay. reason, reason being is you'll go up and even though you're like a 15 year old kid, you'll start doing magic. And if you're, if you're good and the tricks are good, 
and the girl starts showing you attention just just as a like wow this kid's awesome <laughs> then i can get jealous and it kind of ruins the whole vibe between mm. them so then they might never come back to the restaurant because they're like oh that sucked i felt like she didn't even care about me because of the stupid kid doing card tricks right <laughs> And there's all these dynamics, you know, like how do I, what about if there's a table of 20 people and it's long and how do I, how do I perform for them and be loud enough so people can hear me, but not annoy all the other tables that are nearby and, and all these things that I, I totally just had to learn it through, through doing it. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I was doing that and then I would, um, I'd give out my business card. I'd make sure everyone gets a business card at the end. And I'd start to get some, you know, some gigs here and there. I was doing parties, you know, charging like 150 bucks for an hour, <laughs> which was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. Oh my God. <laughs> 100% at that age. Yeah. And then, um, and then I was at a gig when I was, I think I was 19 and I got picked up by a, an event manager uh, who's, who's well known in the sporting world, Len Pascoe. Okay. Uh, he's, Aussie cricketer, you might have heard of him. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, so uh, so he was doing um, he was doing like sports luncheons and and golf days and things like that. And up until this time, I'd never like performed on stage other than when I was on Hey Hey It's Saturday and did like a did beatboxing. That's right. I've seen this video. How good did I just recently see that? Did you did you put that up? Yeah, I think I put it up yeah. like uh, about a month ago. That was sick. Uh, how, how when was that? That was that was in 2010. That was my last Man, year of high school. That is a throwback. Uh, yeah. So so what happened with that was I um, I auditioned and I actually in the audition I did opera and then card tricks and beatboxing. No way. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not a trained opera singer or anything, but I can hit like the really low. Uh, vibrato notes so I was doing like opera while doing all this kind of flourishing and uh, then I'd be like oh it's a remix <laughs> start doing the, the card tricks to the beatboxing and I always thought it was like pretty funny because it's such a, so they do not go together yeah. so I went and auditioned for Hey Hey It's Saturday and they said look we love the beatboxing we love the card tricks we're not so sure about the opera um we're not saying no but can you send us a video of just the card tricks with the beatboxing and i was like oh yeah absolutely that actually makes the act a whole lot easier so i went home and i uh, i filmed an audition video sent it in and within a few days they said yep you're on and uh we want you to be on um for like the the opening night because this was when they had hey hey it's saturday coming back for like a reunion yeah. season Gotcha. Right. So I'm like really excited. I'm practicing and they give me a call like two days before and they say, look, sorry, you're not on the show. No. Um, we're sorry to get your hopes up. And they didn't give me any indication that I was going to be back on the show. Uh, I was, I was so upset. Mm. And uh, then a few weeks go by and they call me up on a Sunday night and they say, oh, you know, hi, is this Jackson? I'm like, yeah. I said, uh, oh, it's, um, it was Jack Strom from Hey Hey It's Saturday. Uh, we'd like you to be on the show this week. And I was so pumped, but also I was really worried because that act that I did was so technically difficult. Oh, really? I hadn't practiced it for weeks because I thought I wasn't going to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my, uh, I was really upset. So I had like two and a half days to practice my butt off 
And uh, when, when you go on for Hey Hey it's Saturday, basically, like, you, you don't really get the royal treatment. They'll mm. put you in this backstage area. Like, the carpet is all stained. There's these, like, torn-up-looking couches and stuff. It's really not what you'd expect compared to looking at the set of the show. Yeah. Just, like, I, I'm pretty sure they used to call it No Talent Time. <laughs> yeah. That's right, they did. So like you go into that situation and you're not sure if, I mean, I knew, I knew my card tricks were on point, but mm. I'm doing the card tricks with the beatboxing. So I'm like, are they going to gong me? Are they going to make fun of the beatboxing part of it? Like, I, I just, I really didn't know what to expect. And um, so I'm practicing and practicing. And in that, in that routine, I'm going to drop all these cards. I make the cards appear and then more and I'm dropping them on that stained dirty carpet <laughs> this is like i'm so nervous for two or three hours before the thing i was just doing that act over and over and over and over and i would pick up the cards off the floor and my very first start of the uh, of the routine was i'd <coughs> i'd cough the cards <laughs> back out right so um i'm pretty yeah, sure that experience is the reason why i haven't caught corona <laughs> but, <laughs> The same cards that were going on the floor about 40 or 50 different times went straight back into my mouth. Um, and, and you know, like the, the whole experience was 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 a whirlwind. It went by so, so fast. Mm. Um, every time I've been on TV now, it's still like an absolute rocket ride. You know, like you get the, the total butterflies and everything seems like it's going so quick. It's super, super scary, but super fun at the same time. But yeah, so that was my very first experience. Um, you even got a good Red. review off. Uh, what's his name? Is it Red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the Red that's the one you're worried about. Just getting sprayed from him. Yeah, I, that, I was I was really worried if he was going to gong me or not. <laughs> and uh, it turns out he said um, he said very very talented, very musical. You don't belong here. Get out. <laughs> and he gave me an eight out of ten. Yeah, stoked. <laughs> stoked. That's about so as that good was, as you can get on that, that show. Like, was that? That's about as good as you can get on that show, I'd say. An eight out of ten from Red, you're stoked. Yeah, that's right. But but unfortunately, the act that went on after me was a one-legged comedian. <laughs> he got an eight and a half out of ten oh, plus fuck. plus an eight. So he beat me by half a point, and he uh, he got the check for like a thousand dollars. The old one leg got you beat, eh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so did that? Did that? Uh, was that show a big catalyst for like anything after that? Did did much come from that show for you? No, you know it's really funny um, when you go on TV. You expect that the next day yeah. the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. And I was in high school, so I thought I was going to go to school, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god, great job, amazing!" And it was just like any other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've learned since then that as an entertainer going on TV, you know, you might not get a whole bunch of new bookings from people seeing you on the morning show, you know, mm. for 60 seconds, but then that goes into your show reel and then another one and another one. And, and once people will see, Oh, look at this, this magician that we're looking at three magicians for the event. This guy's been on every single show we can name. Let's go with him. Mm. True. So Just that building was, up your portfolio on your network. Yeah. Yeah. And, and doing, doing the corporate work. Mm. Um, so anyway, back to the Len Pasco thing. Yes. Um, he he said to me, "You need to get on stage. Have you ever done anything on stage?" I'm like, "Oh, I did this one thing on Hey Saturday where I beatbox." He's like, "I don't know what that is, but 
but you need to get on stage. And uh, his whole thing was, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of Australian comedians who at that time and probably still now had been doing the circuit for a long time. Mm. So that if people could go to a corporate event and these guys are excellent, you know, like top of their game, like Vince Sorrenti, Darren Carr, all these guys. But he said, there's been no fresh faces in the comedy game for a real long time, particularly Australian comedians who do clean comedy. That's not going to offend anyone at a corporate event. So I was like, oh, comedy? Uh, I don't know. I crack jokes sometimes when I'm doing the card tricks. And he goes, look, it, it's easy. You'll be fine. He says, come to my place on Tuesday and we'll have a coffee and we'll talk about it. So I go to his place. He happened to live down the road from me. And uh, we have a coffee and he says, you're booked. Oh, yeah? So I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he goes, you're booked. This Friday, 15-minute show, um, Kemp's, Creek, um, Kemp's Creek Bowling Club. Uh, be there. Yeah, I'll see you there for such and such. And I'm like, Len, I, I don't even have a show. He's like, you'll figure it out. I'm like, I've never, Len, I've never done a stage show before. You want me to do 15 minutes paid? He's like, it's fine. Here's what you need to do. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay. So I like, I, I run to the magic shop. I buy a whole bunch of new tricks that I've never done before. And I just practice my butt off. And I get on the stage and the whole thing in my eyes was a disaster. I rushed through everything. You know, it was extremely awkward. Yeah. Luckily all the tricks went, went right. Like I got the tricks correct. Yeah. But you know, you know, when you, 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 you go to like a performance or, or there's a speech or anything and it's awkward and like, Oh, it's like, you can feel the whole room just kind of tense up. Mm. That was basically what I had um, happen on my first. first what was time. the crowd like? It was an old crowd. What? Interesting because it was a crowd of like middle aged to to retiree. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, was, it was all men. Um, Daryl Broman was there. He was like front row as one of the guest speakers. Yeah, right. Uh, so I was extra nervous as well because I'm like, oh, I love the footy show. <laughs> you know, this guy's the legend. Um, and yeah, I just kind of felt real, yeah, out of place and mm. like I did a bad job. But he was actually really impressed with with how I held myself together, and given that I, you know, had had barely ever done anything like that mm. before. So then he took me under his wing, and for a couple of years, every weekend he had one or two gigs for me, and he would watch me perform. He'd give me ideas, and he'd he'd say, "Oh, change this, throw that out, put this line in here. Why don't you try this?" And having someone who is able was able to mentor me was such such an absolute blessing, and, and I, I I owe a lot to Len for for the 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 head start that he gave me and and all the help that he gave me, because um you know you, you probably had it as well when you were playing footy you know like you 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 only can kind of see this much of of your own game mm -hmm. and what you're doing and then you get someone like a coach who comes from an outside point of view and he's seen it all and then he goes oh. Why don't you try this? You know what I mean? 100%. It's interesting topic because, I like, you know, I talk about this quite often in, well, I suppose when we have athletes on, we talk about the ins and outs of what makes them successful. But it's the exact same thing with someone like yourself who's ultimately a performer. I just think it's quite interesting as to, A, 100% agree. Like if you can attach yourself to a mentor early on, it's going to do wonders for your progression, your career, your goals, your self-confidence. But what other mm -hmm. things, if you could... If you could tie all that in in your early experiences, what are some key things that you think are really important to 
like trying to be successful in that space, like as a performer, if you could look back now in hindsight and identify a couple of things that you, I mean, wish you could do better or you've learned now that you would love to implement and pass on, what do you think they would be? Yeah, good question. Well, there's this famous magician in Vegas, uh, or he used to be in Vegas, Lance Burton. Okay. And Lance Burton was got the longest running contract at any Las Vegas casino of any magician. He got like a 10-year contract, which wow. was unheard of. It was just that good. And he was the reason he got such a prolonged, like long contract was because he was also squeaky clean. You know, he was he was well dressed. He wasn't like you've got the Chris Angels and stuff, and they've got their brand and everything. But from what I've been told, a casino is not going to be like, let's give that guy a 10-year contract because the guy looks like he's a bit of a rock star, you yeah, know, he yeah. looks like my go off the rails in a couple of years or whatever so it's kind of like let's let's make use of him while we can and just you know sign him up for another year another year but anyway um lance burton would say that the magician who performs the most wins right and and it just it totally goes back to you know i've got i've got magician friends who don't really perform or they're some of the some of the best hands and the best tricks you'll ever see in the world and they just don't go out there and perform. They'll just perform for their for their for the camera or just in the mirror. And I've also got friends who work, you know, fifty weeks out of the year. Friends who go and do the biggest cruise lines in the world. Um, friends who are making a lot of money being magicians and performing all the time. And really, what you need to do as an entertainer or as anything is. You have to perform as much as you can because experience really is like the make or break point of a performer. There might be magicians, um, heck, there might be magicians in Sydney who who do better tricks than me. There might be guys who are better at this or have a better image than me or whatever. But I have confidence that if I'm at a if I'm at a gig and they've hired both of us, I feel like. I sound like I'm bragging, but I know that I'll probably do a better job than them. And that sounds so arrogant. Well, but it, it, it doesn't though. It does tie into the fact that if you don't have your own self-belief, you're pretty much doomed from the get-go. So yeah. at worst case, even if you're saying that everyone else doesn't believe this, at least if you believe that, <laughs> if you don't have that, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, and yeah, it, and my confidence to that level simply comes down to the fact that I have performed in so many situations mm, and I know that, you know, this guy, or let's just take any random magician and let's say he's done a hundred shows. Well, he might've only had five or 10 bad shows and you really do learn a lot when you do a bad show and mm. things kind of just go terribly. And a lot of being a really good magician is, patching up those holes in the show so that they never happen again because it's extremely extremely embarrassing mm. when something goes wrong on stage or Bro, someone I can't imagine out. I can't imagine like yeah. between you and comedians like oh just if it goes wrong oh. like it's not like yeah. it's not like dropping a football like that sucks but it's not on like everyone's watching you to do that uh, well you know it would be like the equivalent of like dropping the ball that would have that if you caught it it would have won the game yeah. you know what i mean it'd be at that level because there's there's nowhere to hide no. in that situation um yeah where was i going with that um but yeah so so 
I myself, I've I've done hundreds of shows, mm. and a lot of those, a lot of the performances, you get to figure out. Oh, if you have a tough crowd here, how do you how do you how do you do how do you tackle that? Mm. And then, like, I've had bad shows. I'm not like Captain Perfect or anything. I've had shows where I've gone, that was just so bad, and I've had to go back to the drawing board and say, if that ever happens again what am I going to do? You know, what, and, and you rack your brain and you go, Oh, maybe I did this or, Oh, you know, I should, maybe I was a bit too tired. Okay. Uh, I'll never be tired before a gig. If that means I have to have a nap or I have to like have a coffee at 9 PM and then I'm up till three in the morning. So be it. I'm not going to ever have a bad show for that mm. reason again. Mm. Um, so that'd definitely be it. And also, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with, with how my career has gone. And, uh, and like you said, I'm really lucky that I got a mentor. And I, I also, if I did regret one thing, it would be that I, that I didn't try enough different stuff, you know, not, not so much like, Oh, maybe I should have been a dancer or a singer or anything like that. But like, you know, once you start to get good at something, you can really become complacent and not, feel like a need to really push yourself and learn new things and improve mm. the show. And uh, I feel like that has probably been one of my Achilles heels is like, you know, I should have a lot of the times watched my own show back or, or I should have, you know, learned a few more magic tricks every year so that I would have 10 hours of material that I can draw from now rather than maybe four or five hours. Um, and, you know, and, and that's, but, but, you know, again, that's, that's just kind of what can happen is you can get into a bit of a rut when things are going really well. The kind of hobby and the art form of it starts to die a little bit and it becomes a little bit like a bit of a job. Mm. Even though I can't really compare it to like, I used to work on the truck with my dad doing 10 or 12 hours, 12 hour days, you know, lifting furniture. And the way dad does it is dad does six days a week of oh, lifting right. furniture. 63 so your lunch break is when you drive from the the pickup point to the drop-off point <laughs> you know and sometimes that's like five minutes so you got to scoff your lunch down and the rest of the day you're, you're working your absolute ass off that's that and old school I, work I, ethic I, oh, it's crazy oh it's 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 nuts and and daniel has done it too uh, it's part of why Daniel works so hard at what he does is because we both, you know, seen how tough it can be um, doing doing a laboring job or if um, knowing that like that's that's your backup plan is like, no, 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 no. I'm going to make this work out no matter what. 100%, bro. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, having, having done that, I can't really compare getting into a rut in, in being a magic performer to how hard it was doing that yeah. but in saying that you know I, I feel like i should have been a bit more creative in in this area or push myself a little bit more you know because it's always like there, there's these two sides to to learning something new is it's like oh it's really scary and that yeah. but but that part of it is actually the game as well it'd be like learning a learning a new play or or learning i don't know whatever learning a new song on the piano or this or that yeah. it's like this is going to take a lot of effort and it might be really hard, but at the end of the day, then I can do this. And this is the, the valuable final product that I get out of all that trial and error and trying it on people as well as a magician. Let's say I try a trick on you. Even if other people aren't watching, if I stuff up that trick, it sucks. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, of course. 
you know, and then, and that is part of, of, um, that's the other reason why you got to perform a lot as a magician. You will stuff up the trick. Mm. <laughs> like it's, there's there, not every trick, but most tricks, you will have no idea like how the trick could go wrong until it goes wrong that way. And then you have to go, Oh crap. Uh, Got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Isn't it funny though, that the recurring theme of like literally, and you just identified it, having that awareness, but if it's, isn't it funny how that if you never failed or made a mistake, you really wouldn't have learned or progressed. Like you would have been, like you said, rested on your laurels. You would have been happy with the success you were having as a performer. I just think it's funny. Like it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, magician, athlete, whatever, the recurring theme is unless, and we, we all know clearly the greatest have gone through it, but unless you're making mistakes or failing, um, you're just not going to progress. And if you're not doing that, then you're not trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Do you know of any, like, surely you'd have, you'd be able to attribute some of those, like there's some great stories in athletic circles, but I imagine some of the like great magicians have made some absolute stuff ups. Yeah. Um, every, basically they say you're not a good magician unless you've had, you know, like a hundred terrible shows and, uh, we've all had some really, can you think of your worst, can you think of your worst moment? Uh, oh yeah. Um, (laughs) so my, my worst moment and yeah. Okay. I've, I've never told this story, but my worst moment was, I I was performing at a at a real estate conference for 700 people. And this was the biggest live audience at that time that I'd ever performed for. And I had this trick where everyone in the audience gets playing cards and they do the trick with you. Oh, so wow. everyone is performing the trick on themselves without realizing it. And then at the end, it's like, oh my God, and people freak out. Well, that's that's how it goes now when I perform it, right? And it's one of the best tricks in my show. It sounds but good. It's a really good trick, and I wish I could. Um, actually, have you got any cards on you? No. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another time. Um, but anyway, so uh, the 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 guy who was running the real estate conference says, "I want you to get business out of this," and he's a really good friend of mine, and mm. I'm not blaming him for what happened. Yeah, I should own better. Um, but he goes, put your business card in between the other cards and then tell him, uh, take my card out. Don't use it as part of the trick. And uh, you get 10% off if you say you came from the, the LaFan conference, right? So uh, that was a great idea. However, not everyone listened to that. And a lot of people left the business card in with the other cards, which completely no. messes up. So I'm on stage. There's hundreds and hundreds of people going along with this. It's not a short trick either. It takes about five minutes to go through the trick. And at the end of it, literally, I would have to estimate two-thirds of the people got it right. And you've got a third of them going, what Why? What the heck? It didn't work for me. Why didn't it work for me? And I was like, so the response was like this mix of like, oh, my God. And like, what the hell? What, what sucked? you know this room full of like 700 people and i was like oh my god uh, and i didn't realize till later i thought it was just people didn't follow the instructions because i was going quickly because i only had 10 minutes on yeah, stage yeah. And i go around and i'm like people left the business card in with the carts mm. and I'm like oh my god no there was no way it was going to work if they did that 
right? But um, I'll, I'll tell you some other funny ones. This yeah. wasn't this wasn't me. This was a, another magician right. I used to perform. And some of the some of the worst situations you get in is when you say a joke that goes wrong. <laughs> I not to do offensive material in the, in you know as magicians and, and stuff, but sometimes by bad luck it can be an offensive joke without realizing it. So um, this magician was on stage. And there's an old line because if you if you say to someone, you sir, please join me on stage, they're always going to take five to ten seconds and they're going to be reluctant to get course, on stage. So there's always this, yeah, there's always this dead kind of air uh, that you have to fill with music and and what do you say? And oh, it's good if I say a joke, and then then you get the laughter and that kind of fills up the whole time. Well, one of the classic lines is um, just move the legs and the body should follow. Right, which is a which is a funny line. It's yeah. a stupid line, but it's funny, and it always always gets a laugh. Well, anyway, the magician that was on stage. He says that, and and when you're on the stage, the stage lights are blaring, and yeah. you can barely see two people back in the audience. It's just like darkness, and he's like, "This guy's this guy's not coming up. What's going on?" He's like, and then he makes another joke. He's like, oh, no. uh, "Take time. I'm getting paid by the hour." And the guy comes up to the stage and he's got like a cast on his leg or like a wooden leg or something. And the whole audience at the same time as the magician realizes, oh my God. Oh, he, no. he comes like, no, 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 I wasn't saying that you you have a, a bad leg and it just makes it worse. So the whole crowd just hated him from no. that point on, right? And it's like, how do you come back from that? You yeah, know? You don't there's um i'll tell you one more there was one there's this magician in america yeah uh, really really similar situation um if you have like someone in the audience who's wearing like a a spotted dress the line would be uh, man that's a lovely dress i really really think it's lovely but who shot the couch <laughs> right and there was this magician from america who i really look up to he can barely see same situation yeah. all he can see spotted dress so he uses that line and gets her to come on stage well this lady is 450 pounds <laughs> and everyone in the audience thinks he's just called her, her a couch, couch. <laughs> and same thing he can't oh, go no. oh no i wasn't saying you're a couch I-, I was saying it was the dress same kind of thing and then when those type of things happen you either like triple check before you say it or you never use that line again in a show oh imagine that that hurts <laughs> and everyone just thinks you're an arsehole <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that is crazy so bro hey, we've got time for a trick yes mate give me a trick all right let's do it so you're in quarantine as well right yeah well technically yes not as strict as you but yes yeah, well, same thing. So what I've been doing in quarantine, obviously, I've been working on my magic and everything, but I thought it'd be really cool to to watch, you know, some of the greatest movies of all time that I'd never really watched before. So I got a list of, I got suggestions off Facebook, and I made a list on my phone of like 100 movies that I want to watch. Uh, now, what I want to do is, um, can you tell me, just give me a number from one to 100, just so we can kind of pick one at random? Tell you it? Yeah. Okay, uh, 82. 82, you sure? You don't want to change your mind? <laughs> uh, no. All right, 82. So if we go into, where is it? My notes here. Um, I'll bring the brightness down a little bit so you can see it. Like that. So 
uh, you can see right there we've got um, top 100 greatest movies of all time. If I hold it like that, can you? Yes, can I you can read see it. it? So I'm going to turn my head and I'll kind of scroll. Would you say 82? Yeah. Is 82 on the screen there? Uh, not yet. Okay, I'll keep scrolling. Uh, yes. Yeah. Can yes. You see, can you clearly? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've got it. Okay, good. I'm gonna, I'll leave the phone aside, and uh, I've always got to, I've always got to do a card trick. So we're gonna kind of put the two together. So don't forget the movie that okay. um, that you're thinking. And usually I just get you to pick a card, but you know we're <laughs> we're remote here. So just tell me when to stop. Now. Here. Yes. Is that right. Yes, that's good. Take the one we saw because I could see it in the in the monitor. Um, can you remember that card for me as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm gonna leave the cards aside and uh, try to keep a poker face because I'm gonna try to read your. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna try to read your little subtle cues here. Um, have you seen this movie before? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, oh, do you want oh, me to answer or no? That was my bad. No, you're allowed to answer, but okay. don't, don't answer the next one. I do think you really like this movie. Um, now, if we think about the card. Yeah, you smirked on that. You do like this movie. Now, if we think about the card, red, black, red, black. Okay, you kind of smirked on uh, black. You're thinking of a black card, right? Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Yep, <laughs> you're not answering, but, uh, but I think <laughs> it was a black card. <laughs> okay, uh, can you think of like one of the actors or actresses in, in the movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you got a bit of a, I, I feel like you got a little bit of a crush on this person. <laughs> wait, are you, wait, it's not a woman though. Are you thinking of a, of a male celebrity from that movie? <laughs> Did you think of Brad Pitt? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> this is bullshit. Now look, granted, maybe that was a list of a, a hundred movies that Brad Pitt has been in. Maybe a whole bunch of the, maybe he's in a whole bunch of the movies on the list. But uh, you could have said any number. You saw all the all the movies were totally different on the list, and, and you're thinking of a card right now too, which which I, I have no idea of knowing. But um, you got your phone on you? Yes. Yeah, grab your phone because um, earlier this morning I had a little bit of a premonition. About what was going to happen on the podcast, and uh, even though you could have thought of any any movie and uh, and any card, there's a post on my Instagram. It's got a question mark on it. Uh, so if you go to my Instagram, Jackson Aces Magic, for any of the viewers who are watching this, I'll leave it up there. There's a there's a question mark post which I posted this morning. Yes. Have you opened it? Uh, yeah. Now it's there i predict that on today's podcast and this was posted four hours ago that sandor earl will think of swipe, swipe. swipe no that is insane is that the movie fight club yes <laughs> sandor do you know what's so crazy bro how do you know what's so crazy though is I haven't told no. you. No. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yes. If you look closely, it doesn't say Fight Club. It says Act of Clubs. Is that your card? Bro, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> How? Oh, bro, that is insane. Mate, that is all time, honestly. <laughs> I'm just glad it worked. Holy shit. How you've done that. You've edited the photo. <laughs> oh my god.
Oh, bro, that is, mate, credit where credit's due, that is all time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Holy shit, bro, that is crazy. I'm rattled. <laughs> that is insane, bro. I did not know how you could possibly do that. <laughs> that is insane. Bro, that sort of takes me to a little question I had before. What's your niche? Like, where, or do you have one or did you have one or what are you doing now? Well, obviously it was cards and it's always cards because you have master skill with cards. It's crazy. But like, even you said at the early point, like, what was your, what was your go-to? What was your direction? What was your dreams? And then what, you know, what are you doing now? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much. Um, oh, mate, thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. My niche is, um, has always been cards because again, I would just practice for hours and hours with a deck of cards. So, so I can do things with cards that a, a lot of magicians around the world can't actually do. Now, there's plenty of guys who can do things that I would never even dream of being able to do as well. But, but for sure, yeah, cards are my niche. And I've also kind of always, I've always liked magic that was really kind of fresh and modern and, and really like makes you go, holy holy shit how did he do that uh obviously that's the goal with any magic but if you look at you know someone doing like the linking ring for mm. example or um or like this one where they take off the thumb like obviously <laughs> there's levels of magic you know and and like i could have come on here and done a card trick and you know i say oh it was the eight of clubs but then you know it brings it to another level if it's like, oh, I posted that four hours ago on my Instagram and it's not just the movie, it's the thing, you know, and and sometimes it takes some real creativity yeah, to take the next level. And sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of research to, to find, like you see someone do something and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. I've never seen that before. How did he do that? I need to, I need to figure out how that's done so that I can, you know, have that impact on my audience, mm. the same impact that that trick had on me, mm. you know? And that's kind of the fun of being a magician is like, I can come on here and do that trick for you. And, you know, you have you freak out about it. And it's like the highlight of your day. 100%. And it's the highlight of my day to be able to do that. <laughs> you know, um, as far as my, uh, as far as my goals, you know, I've always wanted to be able to impact a lot of people and share my art form with with the world, you know. So so in the early days, it was just about becoming a good enough magician so that if I ever mm. was on TV or was in front of an audience, I was able to, you know, blow their minds, whether it was a room full of corporate executives or been lucky enough to meet, you know, the premier and... Um, what's his name? K-Rod and, and I've met celebrities and stuff. And then it was kind of like, you know, your goals naturally evolve as you go through mm. your journey and what you're doing. Um, I've got the the big following on TikTok now, but that Yo. thing, that's only been the last two years, almost to this day. Uh, it's been two years that I've been on TikTok and it's actually a crazy story how, how that all happened. Uh, some people get on TikTok and they'll get a viral video just by chance, yes. you know. Um, me, I was an absolute scientist about making sure that I could go viral. And not only that, I took a big leap of faith and I flew a guy over who I had seen. He was a magic consultant and oh, wow. he 
I'd seen him working with a guy called Julius Dean. And um, Julius is the top magician based on statistics, numbers, following on social media across all platforms. And I'm friends with Julius now. But back at this time, uh, we didn't personally know each other. But I kept seeing this guy in Julius's vlogs. Julius would go to to Greece, Hawaii, to um, this place and that place. We travel to a new city every week put out a new viral video every week and mm. and this magician was his his consultant he's basically behind the scenes going here do this trick here i invented this trick using olives because we're in greece do this trick you know smart so i i got to know that guy online and i'm like what would it take for me to fly you out here and work with me on going viral wow and that's I, cool i negotiated with the guy and funnily enough my brother said you are crazy. Do not do this. Right. <laughs> I think that I know it's crazy, but I have to do something to, to make this, to, to make something happen. I know I've got to think outside the box and, mm. and make a big move here. So I flew the guy over to live with me for, for, it was supposed to be three months, ended up being two months because, you know, we had our disagreements, but I flew him over. I spent nearly every day making content and uh, within two months, I went from, you know, a thousand followers on TikTok to a million followers. Wow. Yeah. So just by going absolutely hard out for two months, it really, you know, established, like laid the foundations for being able to do magic online. You know, throughout the lockdown, I was able to, to make money and perform uh, to my audience and not go completely broke, mm. you know, aside from JobKeeper because I had an audience that I'd built up over the year before, you know, even when I was in America, I was able to make money from the content. Even now, you know, as I'm locked up in the house, I can still, you know, and I do the, I do corporate events and, and high end private parties. Like I'm really good at those, you know, yeah, I've yeah, done yeah. those for, for 15 years now. I've yeah. been, I've been, those. so I, I kick ass at that, but also there's definitely a ceiling to to that and there's only so much you can make and you're you're 100 trading your time for money and and taking it online just seemed like the really smart move because 100%. you can grow to a point where you know like you can put out a magic course and then you're making money while you sleep you know or you put out content and you make money from content mm. so so yeah I, I, as a magician i always try to stay ahead of the trends and um you know, also be aware of where is the world going. Like, I, I want to have my own TV show or my own Netflix special, and I'd love to have my own show in Vegas. But at the same time, everyone's like this. Yeah, now. that's the thing. It's it, it's it's it shifted. That's the thing, Jackson. And obviously, you pivoted. I was really intrigued to talk to you about that actually because I've seen the progression on TikTok. It's insane. And I w I wanted to get from you, like, what is the What's the recipe there? Like, how did you, I know you just? What's the number you're at now? It's something. It's was it five? Yeah, yeah, five. Uh, broke five million. Five million, which is bro, that's crazy. But like, yeah, what's the social media? There's a couple of layers. So, as a business owner, social media dictates everything now. It's your it's your advertising platform. It's your networking. It's it's your branding. It's everything. And then if you want to be independent even if it's taking your own business or your own performance or whatever online, we know social media is the key vehicle. So like, what's the go to, how do I start and how do I, you know, how do I get to the point where you've reached the success that you have? 
Yeah, right. Well, the first thing that you got to do is, firstly, every app is kind of different. Mm. So, you know. And TikTok's your main one, yeah, Jackson? Well, yeah. Well, TikTok's the one that has grown the fastest for me and I have the biggest audience on Mm. now. Um, I've been on Instagram for, you know, like, God, I've been on Instagram for nine or 10 years almost and I've done hundreds of posts on Instagram, but but they're all a little bit different, you know. YouTube is for more of the longer style content, you know, where people really get to know you or your brand or they'll watch uh, something like this, like a podcast, mm. you know, if someone's really interested in me or in you or in what you talk about. Mm. So YouTube's its own thing. And YouTube's interesting because YouTube is actually a search engine as well. True, so, so true, so true. Yeah, and a lot of the other apps aren't, aren't like that. The mm. other apps are what they call slot machine apps where you're you're flicking through and it's like a slot machine. Next, 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 what's going to show up next, right? Mm. So like in quarantine and when I was over in the US, I was on YouTube a couple hours a day searching up, how do I do lighting correctly? How do I make the sound sound better in my video? How do I do this and how do I do that? And then I'm finding guys who now I end up subscribing to and, and if they you know, brought out a course or some kind of online service or anything, I'd be more inclined to to buy from them because I know that that person knows what they're talking about mm. and they're an expert at what they do. Mm. You know what I mean? So YouTube is really, really useful for, for a lot of businesses and a lot of people who are trying to um, basically establish themselves as knowing what they're talking about mm. and being someone that people can trust as to whether they're a consultant or, you know, like there's there's a couple of different avenues I could take it as a magician on YouTube. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's basically long form content or education really are the, are the pillars. Well, well, that's, that's really useful. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, how do I get people to look at that in the first place? Yes. And then you've got the, the short form apps. And when I say short form, shorter content, you know, TikTok, 10, 15, sometimes 60 second videos. They don't really get to know me that well in no. 10 or 15 seconds, but they get to know what I look like. They might remember my name and they're like, okay, that guy's magic is awesome. Mm. And some people might go to my YouTube. They might go to my Instagram and, uh, you know, like I've seen a lot of businesses go crazy, crazy viral on TikTok and and products go crazy viral on TikTok because people will do a video about the product that goes viral. Like, check, okay, guys, story time. I'm installing this new shower head that I got off Amazon. Basically, it's a blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's this interesting shape or it's, maybe it's shaped like a like an emoji or something like that. And then people are like, oh, and then they say at the end, yeah, link in bio if you want to get it. You know what I mean? Mm. It can be that simple. So um, what I would kind of look at, if if someone wanted to start out and they wanted to make content, uh, and this is what I did, I looked at the platform and I looked at, okay, what is going well already on that platform? You know, I... I felt like my YouTube videos were really good and my Instagram videos were good. And if I would post those just copy and paste onto TikTok, that would, that they wouldn't do very well. Mm. And I'm like, okay, but that's a great video. What, what, you know, should I just be annoyed with that? Or do I just, you know, try it again? And, and sure, there is the factor of you got to keep trying to see if it's going to work, but also sometimes you got to actually take an honest look at something and, 
realize, okay, maybe that just isn't gonna work that well for that audience, you know? Like I could, it's, it's the same when I'm performing. I could take a trick that I think would be uh, great at a kid's show and then I perform it and the kids hate it, yeah. you know? I'm like, oh, maybe maybe that was just a rough audience. Go to the next kid's show, they hate it. It's like, okay, maybe that trick sucks for kids, you know? Three kids yelled out how they thought the trick was done and they were right. Okay, <laughs> better find something else. Yeah. So same kind of thing. What I did when I got on TikTok was I looked and I'm like, okay, what are these guys who have a million followers already or two million followers on TikTok who are doing magic? What are they doing? Okay. Mm. What does their video look like? Okay. Um, what? Uh, how long was the video? Like literally, I would I would time out. Oh, okay. The videos that were uh, eight to twelve seconds seem to do really really well. And oh, some videos if they grab their attention and they're a forty second video, they go great as well. Okay. And then there's this middle area where uh, maybe they they do all right. And oh, what tricks are going well? Well, seems like they really like the interactive magic, just like that one with the look for a card and then I get it. Okay. So, and then it's like, okay, I've done my reconnaissance. I've done my, my like surveying of, of what seems to be working. And then I go to the drawing board and say, okay, what can I do that fits into that kind of landscape of what already works? Mm. And then it's like, okay, how can I make that my own and be creative and original in that space? But, uh, but it's it's so, so important to, to really take a look at it because the data doesn't lie. I could look at a video on TikTok, like one trend that goes, that is always doing well on TikTok is they'll show you this lead up and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then they'll say, like the video for part two of the video and you can mm. see the results. And they always go viral, partly because a lot of people are commenting saying, screw you, you never post part two anyway. <laughs> um, or because people are so into it and they, they complete watching the video and that's good for the algorithm. Well, I can be like, those people hate those videos. Those videos suck. Well, either way, the data is there. Almost every video that is that format seems to perform well or go viral or do better than most of the other videos. Mm. Okay, well... I might not want to do that, but if someone did that style of content, they would have a higher chance of being successful on TikTok mm. because that's already proven to be successful on TikTok. If you do that on Instagram, people will be like, what the heck are you doing? Are you, are, you, are you on drugs? Like, why would you not just show us now? And it would, it might not because the algorithm favors different things on Instagram. It might not work. And I've, I've not really seen those type of videos do well on Instagram. No. So it's totally like Gary V. He says, every app is different. Don't just post the same video on everything. It's like, sometimes you might want to specifically make videos just for TikTok. There's heaps of videos that I'll never post on Instagram because TikTok's a younger audience. And, you know, I, I prefer my Instagram to be this style of magic and my TikTok, I'm willing to, I don't know, do stuff that, I never thought I'd be doing like yeah. uh, that. I think it's like, you know, like one video might be, what do you see first in this photo, the rabbit or the duck? And I'm like, I would never yeah. want to make that video personally, but those videos go bonkers on TikTok. So, you know, it's like, if I want to grow my account, it takes me like three minutes to make a video like that. I'm willing What's to do What's your biggest TikTok video, bro? 
What'd you say? What's your biggest TikTok video? Oh, my biggest, well, actually my biggest TikTok video was um, the Now You See Me in Real Life video that I posted um, when I was in LA. So that one, that one was my biggest one of all time on TikTok, but probably one that I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah. But I'm also really proud of this other one that went super viral. Um, and uh, maybe I'll post it on my story. So if anyone wants to watch it from the podcast, then they can, they can go and look at it. Yeah, awesome. It was this fake experiment that I did where I, I'm putting all these things into this glass of water and then I take a fork, I put it in the water and you see the fork just melt into a completely different shape. And people thought, cause I'm putting a, I'm like getting a battery and I'm rubbing it on this egg. Uh, yes. Like soy sauce. And thousands of people tried to do that experiment, film themselves doing it and having it not work. And I'm just there like, oh my God, what have I done? Because that went mega viral. Lad Bible picked it up. They posted it on Facebook. I think it's at like 95 million views. Whoa, what? Yeah, so, so that, was, that, that video put me on the map. I had maybe 100,000 followers at the time on TikTok, which... Sounds amazing, but it, it's not that hard to do on TikTok compared to the other platforms. Mm. And um, I went, oh, that's right. I posted it and someone did a duet. And on yes. TikTok, that's what the videos are side by side. The duet was literally a girl watching the video. So every single person watching the video is watching my video. So when I posted it on my profile, it got 120,000 views. She got 1.2 million likes. <laughs> You got like 8 million views. And I'm like, what the frick is going That's on bullshit. here? It's not okay. I take it down. I repost the video and I'm refreshing. I'm refreshing. I'm like, this sucks. It's going terribly. I go out to dinner with a friend. I go back to my car and I look and I'm like 10.2K views. And I, I refresh again. It says 10.4K views. And I'm like, what? Is my internet laggy? Like usually it goes up real slowly by every 100, 10.3. after like 5, 10, 15 seconds. Then I go back, refresh, 10.6K, 10.8K. I'm like, what what is going on? Are you serious? So what is going on? 300 every single time I refresh it. And it just goes mental. I think it got to like half a million or a million, like, no, it got to half a million before I went to sleep. And I'm just refreshing it for like two hours. It was like I was on crack. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. So I go to bed, I wake up, it's at 8 million views. Holy. It keeps going crazy. It ends up getting 23 million views. My following goes up like a few hundred thousand. And I was like, holy crap. And that idea was from the guy who I flew over to be my magic consultant. So if only for that video, it totally paid off. 100%. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Bro, I remember seeing that. Wasn't that like that was a that was a thing going around, wasn't it? That whole little experiment. Yeah, yeah, it became a trend. Uh, actually, there was an app that was trying to be like TikTok, and they were running YouTube ads, and without my permission, using my video, saying, "Join the app." There's fun videos on the app like this. So I'm like, "That's my video." What are you guys doing? Like, how dare you? Yeah. Um, so I learned the hard way that I've got to put a watermark on every video and and a lot of other things as well. Um, but I honestly didn't think that video would go viral. I post, I I made it in like half an hour. 
I posted it. I'm like, oh, should I post this? It's kind of silly. <laughs> I posted it. It doesn't do good. I see someone has redone it and it goes amazing. I'm like, oh, that's what I deserve. So I repost it and it gets what it should have in the beginning, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's so, it's such a, it's such an adrenaline rush when, oh, you know, 100%. You, you, you're putting all your eggs into one basket of, of this. I want to go viral or I want to get a lot of attention for my brand on social media. And you'll have a lot of disappointments and a lot of times when you think, Oh, this is the one, this is the one and it doesn't do very well or it does worse than the others. And you're like, what the, what's going on? But then when you get one that just kind of hits that sweet spot and it pops, it's so, it's so exciting. It's so rewarding as well. That's crazy. What are some of the, what are some of the positions that's taken you into? Cause I know I've seen you at like different events and different like cool shit with content creators and stuff. What, um, what's, what sort of situations have you landed in off the back of all of this stuff? Well, I mean, first of all, I get recognized like a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because the audience, as I said, on TikTok is really young. So <laughs> all the kids. a lot of times I'll get recognized and it's, it's, they don't say anything because they're like seven years old <laughs> and they're walking, holding their dad's hand and they go, and they, <laughs> and they stare at you and they really stare. And I can't be like, hello there, child. Yeah. Do you know me from the internet? <laughs> you know? So I'm just kind of like, it's like a little bit of an ego boost, like, that kid knew me from TikTok, <laughs> you know, but, and then the kids will come up to you like, Oh my God. Or the parents will come up and say, excuse me. I'm just really sorry to bother you, but my daughter loves you. She sees you on TikTok. Could she have a photo? I'm like, yeah, of course. Come I'll do a card trick for you and everything. Yeah. This is like, you know, this is my dream to be recognized on the street and people like what I do. Um, yeah. And, and so there were, there's, there's that, which is really cool. And, um, I mean, like, it's so funny because you'll see these people like, for example, Julius Dean or big content creators that you look up to. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, hang on, that person followed me back. Are you serious? You know, or or like I got to go to the Wish House in L.A., which was really cool. And I got to collaborate with, you know, some awesome influencers with millions of followers and. Yeah, that's cool. And then they'll, they'll, they'll tag you in a video and you'll just get – there's this Russian powerlifter uh, named Kirill who yeah. I, did, I did the uh, Now You See Me video with him as well. And uh, he posted it and I just got thousands of Russian followers on my Instagram like like two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm on Russian TikTok now. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be able to understand anything else that I post. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure there's – sorry, I'm sure there's – other examples that I could have given you that would have seemed like more, Oh my God, I want to be in that guy's shoes. But and I'm going to at the end of the podcast and be like, Oh, what about that time? But <laughs> What about any, I mean, you've, it's taken you to America and the likes. Have you had, it's always cool. Like, have you had any moment, like people you've performed for and you've just gone, Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, well, actually, there was one thing and it never, it never ended up panning out, but I, uh, I DM Jason Derulo oh, yeah. and he to me and we were going to do a live stream on Instagram and I just never, I never ended up getting, making it happen. He was just always too busy or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, like I've, I've, I've been able to meet some awesome celebrities and, um, you know, I got to perform for, um, 
from Mike Tyson. That's uh, cool. This was years ago. I, I, I met Mike Tyson through dad, actually. And um, I look one day and John Travolta's son is oh, yeah. following me. He's like in my live stream commenting and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? Are you serious? I'm like, I love you. My dad loves you even more. Like your dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, All because he's seen me on TikTok, you know, and it's like, that's the thing. Like, you don't know who is that, you know, like maybe Jeff Bezos's kid follows me on TikTok. There's, there's no way of knowing, but it's just like, there's when, when you're at, when you reach like so many people with content, it, it seems like real, but it also seems real unreal at the same time. Yeah, Cause it's just, for sure. and it's really hard to wrap your head around like the, the numbers and, and the actual impact that, that it has. And obviously you can overestimate it at the same time, but uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's, it's such an amazing opportunity that we have to be able to, you know, post a video and, and half the world sees it, you know? Right. It's crazy. Because it's filmed right or, you know, it's funny and, and on all of this. It's kind of trippy when you think about it, like, you know, from if you think about from A to B where you came from and what you were trying to achieve, and then like you get to this point where like five million people are following you for your magic, you know, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real trip. And um, you know, I'm I'm super, super thankful um to to have been able to to get where I've gotten to. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, like I, I put a lot of time and a lot of thought into it all. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm surprised at how well it goes. Other times you put so much work into it and it doesn't pay off the way you think it does, but that's just, that's just how it goes sometimes. And you Mm -hmm. keep going and eventually you have those easy wins, but it's because you've built up this muscle of, okay, I know how to edit videos now. Okay. If I take an extra half an hour, to cut off every little gap of dead space in a 30 or 40 second video, the video will go way better, mm. you know? And it's just building that muscle and that habit of um, doing it the right way every time. And, you know, like sometimes you'll, you'll put something out there that you've put so much work in and it might not seem to get the result that you wanted, but, the key thing is there. It, it just seems that way because I put out a video the other day. It was a 55 second video. I spent about five or six hours on that video. Really? Uh, from planning it to filming it, to editing it, to getting the graphics right. I really need to hire an editor at this point. hundred percent. And then I posted it and you know, as I said, I've had videos that have done 50 million views. So if you look at it in the context of that, this one took a few days and it reached 1 million views. Mm. Right. And I'm like, well, geez, I'm always happy for a video to hit a million views, but I was like, God, I was hoping for five or 10 million views, you know, Oh God, I can get real, real down on myself on it. But the thing you got to remember is it's like that million people could, they, they know, they know if you've put effort into something or not like there's there's no way that they can't see it mm. if the are cool and the lighting's on point and it's like you know there's emojis coming up and this and that it's like even if only fifty thousand people see it they all 
appreciate the effort mm. and in your mind it kind of elevates uh that person so the next so time true. i post a video it's like oh that's that guy his content's better than a lot of people's or he puts a lot more effort into his videos let's see what he does this time mm. you know so i might not see the rewards of that six hours to make a 50 second video as much as i'd expect you know in the next two weeks maybe it'll pay off in a couple of weeks or a couple of months that people start to really take my brand a bit more seriously or, or like my content a bit more. So then all my other videos that I post next start to do a little bit better because more people stop and watch it because they had a good experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. So true. I think that's a good point though. Like it's goes to what anything you do, but I know myself, whether I'm editing or even if it's your graphical graphic stuff, if you're putting out consistently like good effort, high quality content, you definitely set yourself apart. And it just adds credibility to everything you're doing and how you're perceived. I think it's important. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like the other thing too is, is like, you know, I was raised with a real good work ethic from, from my mum, but especially from my dad where yeah. it was like my dad was very much head down, keep working, don't rest on your laurels, don't get too caught up in your own like big headedness or any of that. It's just like keep doing a good job and keep working and keep getting better, right? Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, I grew up around that and I feel like as if you work on that and, and you might see other people who uh, from, from as far as you can tell, they're not putting in as much work as you are, yep. but they might be getting better results or faster results than you. You know, maybe that guy is more charismatic in his videos. Maybe that guy's more of a natural athlete and he can just run and dodge faster and no one can tackle him. And that's just his genetics, you know, this or that. Mm. But it's also like, it's not just a sprint. It is a marathon. And if you keep on like, putting out such a high quality i feel like you know i'll give you an example uh this is, this is a perfect example there's a guy he's a friend of mine uh he's from ireland he's one of the most creative he's probably uh, i'd almost say that he's the most creative um magician on social media wow. and names uh, his name's joel shout out to joel magician on uh, on tiktok um god i can't remember his i don't think his name's joel m that's why i can't remember his last name because that's not what he got by. But anyway, so Joel was on TikTok before me and Joel was at a few hundred thousand, maybe half a million on TikTok. And I would see his videos and I'd be like, wow, he definitely, the effort that he put in, the creativity was the best on TikTok by far. Anyway, after maybe a month or so, I actually overtook him when it came to followers. Wow. And I was it was such a big win for me because I'm like, this guy is incredible. I, I overtook him. Jeez. You know, it was pretty flattering. And then as time went on, uh, you know, I was, you know, my, my following, my growth started to plateau a bit and he just stuck with what he was doing and he stuck with the high quality and he might not, may not have posted as often as me or this or that, but the quality was always there and the creativity was always there in abundance. Right. Mm. Well, then, Fast forward to now, he's overtaken me again. He's actually, he just hit 10 million. Wow. Not only has his numbers come to finally reflect what I think he deserves, but also he's had two mini series TV shows that he's gotten because people look at his content and it's like, 
okay, not only does he have engagement on this platform, but this guy has the look. His like my lighting right now is pretty much based off of what I've seen he, him do with his videos. You know, he, he's got this professional look. Um, he doesn't do certain things that other magicians do, which kind of, you know, keeps keeps him looking a bit more being able to be taken more seriously. Yeah, you know, and it totally totally pays off. And also to the point where TikTok is now literally paying him per post saying can you post tutorials of magic we'll pay you it it, it eventually it eventually totally paid off wow. and um, i'm super happy for him you know it's so good i love that yeah oh my man what a journey it's so cool i'm still rattled yeah. from that bloody trick you done can you t- you want to take us out with one more thing one more all right, one more for one. Me? All right. We'll, we'll do a simple one yeah okay simple one all right, you've got to use your imagination for this. Got a deck of cards? Can you see it? Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> okay, hold, grab the cards. They're invisible. Okay. Okay, good. Shuffle the cards. Okay. Keep the hands above the camera. It might look a little funny otherwise. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a good shuffler either, so this is me yeah, shuffling. Well, it wasn't a good look. <laughs> okay, good. Now, hand the cards out so you're looking at all of them. Okay, and look over. You can see them all. There's no jokers in the deck. I took those out. But I want you to pick one card out of the deck that you might think is not so obvious of a choice. You know, maybe the obvious ones are like a king or an ace or something. I want you to pick a card out that's not really that obvious and uh, hold it in your other hand. Really pretend to do that. Okay. Yeah, good. I want you to remember that card and just flip it over and put it back in the deck. So that'll be the only card that's the wrong way. Okay. Cool. Give the cards like a little shuffle. Nice. And then I want you to just hand me hand me the deck. Okay. Hand it back. In go. the box. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, in this deck, there is a card that I've actually put reverse. And you didn't think of the eight of clubs from before, right? This is obviously you've thought of a different card. Um, there's one card reverse. So I'm stuck with uh with my prediction. There's, what there what is card? There's no way you could get this. What card did you think of? Tell you? Yeah, you can tell me. Five of hearts. Nine of hearts? Five. <laughs> five of hearts. You sure you want the five of hearts? Yeah. There's no way. How, how, how could you have possibly. This deck, this deck has been here the whole time, yeah? Yeah. If I go through, I'm going to show you every card is facing you, yeah? Yeah. One card's not. All the other cards you could have thought of. Yeah. One card reversed. And would you believe it? It's a five of hearts. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it is. You got to take my word for it on this one. <laughs> got to take your word for it. No, you could have thought of any card. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh. How? How is that possible? <laughs> oh, my God, man. That is insane. Thank you. See, even though you say that's simple, like that is mind-blowing. Well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like those, see those tricks where like, I don't know how to compare it. There's tricks where you're like doing, but there's a trick where you're all, you're like kind of guessing my car. I don't know. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that was sick. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Mate, you're a, you're a legend uh, of a guy, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I think it'd be really cool. Not only your magic, but um, your story in general, and 
some really nice takeaways around um, I imagine there's many people especially at this day and age chasing their own stuff whether that's from an entrepreneurial mindset side or just a creative and um, you're definitely an inspiration so mate I wish you all the best I look forward to posting these videos because people are going to be rattled uh, lastly mate where can everyone find you go mad all platforms talk to us Awesome. So uh, Jackson Aces on most platforms. On Instagram, it's Jackson Aces Magic. So J-A-C-K-S-O-N-A-C-E-S Magic. Um, yeah. If you want to shoot me a DM, if you guys have any questions or, hey, if you've got a corporate event coming up and you need some incredible magic to blow everyone away with and make them talk about the event for years and years, I'm your guy. Shoot me a DM or shoot me an email. Uh, jacksonaces.com for, for anything corporate or businessy and yeah uh, there's a really good point what you said at the end there of you know people trying to make it and and trying to you know kind of I guess uh, you know step out of their comfort zone and mm. try to try to be maybe an influencer or anything and if there's like one parting word of advice that I could give to anyone watching this that wants to do something whether it's on trying to go viral on social media or anything that's kind of out of the ordinary is, you know, just keep at it and be consistent at it. You never know when all the effort that you've put in is going to finally pay off and you're going to have that, you know, overnight success. You know, my overnight success was 14 years in the making and then another two years of really working persistently at just doing the social media thing, mm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, you never know you, your next video could be your best, your best video. And, uh, you didn't come this far just to come this far. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. How good. My man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you too, Sandor. Thanks so much. Legend brother. Oh, how good.